conversation design is really, you know, what the robot says to the human uh, in a way that, you know, you understand what people say, but people also feel understood. Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name's Carl Robinson and today we're going to be talking all about conversation design uh, and in particular the conversation design festival that's coming up soon. Uh, today's episode was recorded on the 2nd of June 2021 uh, where I talked with Hans van Dam, the CEO at the Conversation Design Institute. Now I'm sure most of you already know Hans, uh, it's actually the second time he's appeared on the show First time was way back in January 2020, episode 51. A lot has changed in, uh, since then, uh, both in the world of conversation design and at the Conversation Design Institute, which was formerly known as Robocopy, uh, as is noted on the, the previous episode, in case you're wondering. Uh, today's episode, uh, we cover a lot of stuff. So uh, Hans explains what conversation design is and defines it. Uh, we dive into some of the latest trends and topics in the world of conversation design, um, as well as what's changed uh, in the business. Uh, it gives us some uh, examples of case studies of companies that are doing uh, conversation design well, uh, and also shares uh, his experience, his vast experience, training conversation designers, uh, including uh, the types of roles they go into, what the career benefit is of, uh, you know, uh, learning this stuff uh, in a structured manner and, and doing a course. Uh, we dive into, of course, the CDI products, which uh, include a range of different courses, and we hear all about the new courses that are, are coming out. Uh, and Hans tells us all about the, the CDI foundation that he's now set up with the uh, partner companies that he's working with in order to define the standards of conversation design. It's so, so important. Of course, we dive into uh, the details around the Conversation Design Festival, uh, which is all happening on June the 15th. Uh, it features an all-star lineup of AI trainers, conversation designers, conversational copywriters, technology vendors, uh, and in particular, the focus is on the enterprises who are using conversation design in their companies and getting results. So this really is uh, the focus of the uh, of the conference, and that's what's so exciting about it. Uh, we're going to hear all about their learning journeys, their experiences. Um, I'm really excited for it because it really is a fantastic lineup. Uh, Voice Techies get a $50 discount with the code VoiceTech100. Uh, you just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash festival uh, and the code is automatically applied and you can get your ticket. Grab them before they all run out. voicetechpodcast.com slash festival. Uh, so without further ado, I uh, bring you Hans Van Dam. This episode is brought to you by Manning Publishing, an independent publisher of a huge range of software development books. At Manning.com, you'll find books on all the technologies you need to learn in order to create world-class voice applications. All the books are available at Manning.com. And right now, Voice Tech Podcast listeners get a massive 40% off all the books with the promo code PODVOICETECH19. So go check it out at Manning.com. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. As a Voice Tech Pro, you get your own premium RSS feed from Patreon, which gives you access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, early access to all the new episodes, as well as exclusive interviews and bonus questions, no ads, and higher quality sound. Plus, you'll be helping to ensure that I can keep producing more episodes like this one. So if that sounds good to you, head over to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and sign up today. I'm counting on your support. Hans, welcome back to the Voice Tech Podcast. Hey, Carl. Great to be here again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, it's great to have you back. Uh, I can't believe it's been more than a year since you were last on the show. Uh, I'm sure a lot has changed in the world of conversation design uh, and uh, in your business since then. Um, a year since you were last on the show. Uh, I'm sure a lot has changed in the world of conversation design uh, and uh, in your business since then. Um, Regular listeners of the show will, of course, be familiar with you guys. Uh, I often promote your products. Conversation Design Institute courses are fantastic. Market leader in uh, in teaching people uh, the art and science of conversation design. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about those those later. But for the people who haven't come across you, uh, could you quickly remind people what the Conversation Design Institute is and uh, a brief summary of the, the services that you offer? Sure thing. So Conversation Design Institute is really world's leading training and certification institute for conversation designers. 
So whenever a company tries to automate conversations with people, with chatbots and voice assistants, they need technology, but they also need people that you know, know how to work with that technology, that think about creating human-centric experiences. Uh, and that's really where the conversation designer comes in, right? So from CDI's perspective, we try to figure out, you know, what does your conversational AI department look like? Who's going to be working there? What's, what are they going to be doing all day? What's the skill set that they need for that? Uh, and we develop courses and certification programs to staff those departments for enterprises. And obviously also for individuals that are, you know, looking to swap up their career, make a change there and, and sort of get, you know, familiarize themselves with conversation design and see if it's something for that. So we have these individuals enrolling in our courses a lot as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we should stress that point. You've got really two sides of the business. You've got the the workshops, the training uh, that you you go into enterprises and help help them set things up. Uh, you've also got the, the self-service courses uh, that are available online that individual conversation designers can take to, to skill up uh, and either enter the, the world of conversation design or indeed take their career to the next level. So we last spoke uh, in episode 51, can you believe it, back in January 2020. Um, what's, uh, what's been the latest developments at Conversation Design Institute since then? I mean, how's business uh, since we last spoke? Oh, wow. A lot has happened since then, Carl. Um, so January 2020, that seems like a very long time ago. And I think one of the main changes that we've had at CDI is that uh, besides you know the rebranding, we used to be called RoboCopy. Um, but we've, we've introduced new certificates. So we initially started with conversation design. And the conversation designer was really, you know, the person thinking about creating that human-centric experience. Uh, but then we noticed working with enterprises that there's actually more roles that can be defined. So what we've been doing is adding new certificates. We now see in every... In every department or in every chatbot project or voice project, there's three roles. There's the AI trainer. Uh, this per- person really turns data into understanding. This person is in charge of, you know, training the language models, going through the data to, you know, do intense scoping, but also using it to optimize the AI assistant. Uh, so that's called the AI trainer, really configuring the AI assistants. Then there are conversation designers. But think about the structure of the conversation that makes sure that there's empathy that canvas sort of the, you know, mentalize the conversation before they design it. And then there are conversational copywriters that um, really turn words into resonating dialogue that are your expert copywriters that think about tone of voice, that think about psychology, um, that really are the editor in chief of the assistant. Um, so what we notice when, when these teams go bigger and get bigger and bigger one conversation designer or just a conversation designer you know can't do everything some conversation designers are are more technical others are more creative so what we saw is that there were some gaps in these teams and and what we've been doing is actually just really develop courses for those other roles and the ai trainer is really the bridge between the developers and the designers and the copywriter is the editor-in-chief and has sort of sprinkles that starry dust at the end of each conversation to, to make it better. Uh, and these are really the changes that we've seen so far, and it really resonates with the market. And particularly the AI trainer seems to touch on something that a lot of companies are, are struggling with. So I think that's one of the, the greatest updates. Uh, we're also building the consultancy side on the business because uh, lots of enterprises just need more and more help with people with true expertise. There's not that many that, that have, you know, uh, more than five projects under their belt successfully. Uh, we're one of the few organizations that, you know, work with over, you know, well, tens of enterprise clients, can't name them all. Um, so we're growing that side of the business as well because we just see a growing appetite for for conversational AI as a whole. It's great to hear things are going so well for you at the Conversation Design Institute um, and the fact that the, the whole uh, the whole niche, the whole industry is, is growing too. Um, I can see exactly what you're saying and, and I see that reflected uh, online as well on, on social media and in my conversations with, with conversation designers, which has to be one of the most popular roles in the, the whole voice AI space. And, you know, there are, there are loads of tools available now that allow you to create uh, interactive conversations with machines. Um, but of course, you need the skills to be able to use those as well. Um, you can't just uh, pick them up and uh, expect to get a great result without some kind of training. Uh, and that's exactly where the, uh, CDI come in. 
Um, so uh, yeah, hats off to you guys, um, and uh, I love to see the you know the the, the nuanced uh, roles uh, emerging now between AI trainer, copywriter, etc. Um, that support you know all the different uh, the different aspects required by these these bigger teams. Voice Chops Tuesday is a weekly newsletter that helps you build better voice apps. Whether you're looking for research chops, dev chops, or design chops, there's something in there for everyone. Just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash newsletter and look forward to your Tuesdays. Let's take a step back then. Again, for the non-initiated, the uninitiated, could you just uh, briefly describe what is conversation design? It is a good question. What is conversation design, right? You know, at the end of the day, it's configuring a chatbot if we really dumb it down, you know, but it, you, we're putting words in the mouths of AI assistants and we want to make them human centric. And so we design for that, right? How do you design these conversations? And um, conversational interface is really tricky because people can say and do whatever they want at any given moment, which makes it incredibly interesting, exciting, and also challenging as an interface. So conversation designers really try to, with very limited real estate, you know, if you have a graphical interface, you know, there's lots of real estate on a screen to work with. And the same goes for UX design, where there's different touch points and different screens if you do mobile first, for example. But if it's just a conversation, then it becomes very complex to design for that. And the reason for that is, you know, you have an artificial brain talk to a human brain, and they both have their own limitations and capabilities and different triggers that they need. Um, so if you want to make a you know AI system successful, uh, it makes sense to make technology, psychology, and language equally important. And conversation designers help you do that. Right? So what we've developed at CDI is, is really a step-by-step workflow that we teach and certify on that if you follow these steps, you're really blending in the best of technology, psychology, and language to create these human-centric experiences. But at the end of the day, conversation design is really, you know, what the robot says to the human uh, in a way that, you know, you know, you understand what people say, but people also feel understood. Uh, and once people feel understood and they like the engagement, they want to chat a little more. And that allows you as a business to have longer and more valuable conversations with people and ultimately unlock that potential of conversational AI. And that's really where conversation designers come in they help you get value from conversational ai technology i absolutely love that um, especially the bit about um producing longer and more valuable conversations with machines and that's where the the true value lies it's, it's exactly what i'm trying to create with rumble studio as well as a, as a way for the machine to listen to what uh, the guest says pick out key elements of that and then uh, feed that back to the guest in order to elicit you know a longer and more detailed answer um, and uh, exactly what you say, it's not just about the technology. You've got to think about the, the human and what they're feeling at the time, what, is, what their goals are, what their aims are, uh, and the language itself, the words that are used by the machine uh, and heard by the, the human really matter. Uh, and this is the, the most interesting thing I think about uh, conversation designs, that it blends all of these different fields, these specializations together into something that is genuinely useful and, and practical, provides utility to to, co- to companies as well. So this is why I, I really love talking about this subject. We can talk all day about it. Um, and uh, what I'm really, what I'd really like to know, actually, is what, what the latest trends and topics are in the world of conversation design. I mean, what what's changed in the past year, uh, year and a half since we last spoke? Uh, what are the what are the big uh, the big uh, uh, innovations in the space? Uh, are there any kind of uh, new learnings or new uh, new maxims to, to adhere by? So what has changed in the past year? That's, that's an interesting question because I think what's changed really is that when we started out a co- just a couple of years ago, we would have to tell people that there was something called conversation design. And, and our initial mission, and it still is, is you know, to recognize, develop, and promote the role of the conversation designer uh, as a career opportunity for people, but also for organizations to recognize that role because um, it will help them get more value from their technology. Um, so, yeah, we really had to tell people there is a thing called conversation design. And now everybody you know, understands conversation design. It's part of the shopping list for an enterprise. They want help with it. They want to invest in it. They understand that they need it. And I think that's really the, the big trend that has world, that, that, you know, that has changed or developed over time now. Um, 
And also one of the things that we see more and more, and this is kind of, you know, ahead of the curve, but uh, people start to think about, you know, initially it was like, how do we get stuff to work? Um, and I think we sort of covered that and, and we know how to do that now. So now we really start thinking about what do we want the experience to be? And more and more important it is to make these assistants uh, inclusive, not just in how they speak, but also in how they respect people's linguistic preferences. Uh, you know, a lot of these systems are, are trained for one type of person. Now, if you, if you put three of the same people in the room to train an AI assistant, it's going to you know, very well understand what these three people are going to say. But if you're a company with a million of with a million customers, they all have the different ways of asking questions and we want to be inclusive and we want to make sure that we respect everybody. And I think that's one of the big trends where companies that are doing well, that have their initial projects set up and they have their teams running, that this is something that they're looking for now. How do we provide inclusivity? How do we design for trust? How do we truly build relationships through conversational AI technology rather than just, you know, getting it to work? And I think that that's a great development and it's really exciting to be part of that. That's really interesting what you say. I mean, first of all, I'm glad we're over the hump and that most people understand what conversation design is now, or at least in, in the enterprise, and they're, they're seeking it out as opposed to you having to convince them it's uh, it's needed. Uh, but really, really interesting what you say about the, the inclusivity and, and having to respect everyone. I mean, uh, in my opinion, it is about getting to work, first of all, because, you know, I'm living in France. I find that I'm shut out from a lot of voice services, even if I want to ask for an address uh, or something in French. Uh, there's no way a voice assistant will understand what I'm saying just because of my British accent. So, you know, usually I enjoy the privilege of being, uh, you know, a, a, a white male English speaker that's completely understood by these uh, these models. Uh, but in France, I actually experienced the opposite. Uh, and so I definitely don't feel included. <laughs> and I have to resort to the keyboard to, to type in an address or, or ask anything in French, really. Um, and so that extends, I guess, to uh, different language, linguistic preferences, like you say, different languages, different ways of expressing themselves, and also uh, obviously ensuring that the, the responses of the voice assistant uh, take into account, you know, the different cultures and the different beliefs of the people that they're speaking to as well. So it's great that we're at that stage now, that it's valuable enough and uh, in, uh, in demand enough uh, for us to actually have to be considering these aspects. I would love for you to give us uh, some examples, some case studies of companies that are doing conversation really well. Uh, could you describe one or two that you've come across at CDI? So who's doing conversation design well? I mean, I obviously get this question a lot and it's quite difficult to answer actually because there's sometimes a company will have, you know, a wonderful experience where it's like one single experience on maybe like the Google Assistant or Alexa and it's just fun to engage with, but it's a, you know, it's a tiny company and this is what they do. And this is where, you know, they're very focused on this one mission critical journey in a way. Um, and then there's these enterprises that are doing a great job by, I would say, recognizing conversation design and developing traineeships around conversation design, giving people in the customer service center a career opportunity, because that's one of the issues, like how do you retain talent in a service center, well, conversation design is now a way to retain talents for an enterprise. So what you see is these companies, they're, they're doing a great job by developing these conversational AI departments where they're giving people in the organization to opportunity to learn and join that department and, and learn about conversational AI technology and human-centric design. And, and they're doing very well. So if you look at you know, a company like Vodafone that's doing a million conversations a day, you know, in different markets, in different languages, organizing that is incredibly complex in terms of technology, in terms of people, in terms of workflow, in terms of mindset. Um, so organizing that is, is incredibly impressive. And I'm very thankful to be part of that journey of them. And uh, But also, like, if you look at Cora, at NetWest, um, you know, massive bank, doing a great job there. Uh, we see Royal Bank of Canada very much taking on conversational conversation design um so it's it's tricky like how do you judge right and i think we're going to talk about that a little later because you know we're going to talk about how do you judge an ai assistant so um but if you talk about who's doing a good job you can zoom in on one particular conversation which is interesting and fun to do and it's great to recognize that but then if you look at it from an enterprise perspective 
what are they doing to take on conversational AI and conversation design, which I think is is a more interesting question ultimately, because you know, as an organization, if you're going to use AI to talk to people, you want to take that on seriously. So I would rather you know celebrate the companies that are investing in that and trying to do a good job, rather than you know focusing on on one particular conversation that somebody designed one day that works very well, right? Okay, that makes sense to to look at how a, a company is taking on. Uh, conversation design in a more holistic manner as opposed to digging down to one particular example. A great way to find out exactly how companies are using conversation design is, of course, to attend a conference or indeed an online conference on conversation design. And uh, I understand Conversation Design Institute are hosting just such a a conference, the Conversation Design Festival coming up. Uh, Can you tell us all about uh, all about that? Uh, who's going to be speaking uh, and what can people learn by attending? Yes, Conversation Design Festival. People are asking us, why aren't you organizing a conference? Like if there's anyone that should be doing it, it should be us. And so we're like, all right, let's let's do it and go for it. Um, but for us, you know, we want to celebrate conversation design and everybody working in conversational AI rather than having another summit where tech companies pitch their tech. Uh, we wanted to really give a stage to to the people doing the work, to enterprises that are doing a great job, uh, and really enjoy that and, and create a learning experience. Um, so that's really the, the core focus of this event. Uh, what we're doing, we're starting around lunch, EU time, and then we're going all the way through the midnight. So we're going to run for about 12 to 14 hours so that we cover like EU, East Coast and West Coast and everybody can join in uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're starting the day with obviously the opening. Uh, it's organized by our foundation. Uh, so we're, we're starting the day by reading the Conversation Designers Manifesto. Then we have a few speakers like Martin Lenz Fitzgerald, Martin Hill Wilson that, that talk about the trends of the industry. So what's actually happening in conversational AI from a broader perspective? And now we start learning from some of these enterprises. So we have uh, Christoph Roms from Adidas. We have Vodafone. We have James Fletcher from the BBC that are, by the way, also doing a great job in how they're taking on conversation design and voice. So we're going to learn from those enterprises. And then we have a panel discussion Well, we have NatWest, Vodafone, Adidas, talk about, you know, really how they're organizing these teams and what it means for an organization to do conversational AI, not just from the technology perspective, but how do you get, you know, how do you develop the culture and, you know, the conversational mindset and create the career opportunities for people? Um, So that's going to be an incredibly interesting panel. Then we have an AI training deep dive, uh, where we're just going to be talking to some of our experts, like, how do you train your models when you go beyond 110? When you really get the scale, what are some of the things that you need to consider? Um, CDI will obviously be doing a keynote and some industry announcements, and we'll talk about upcoming courses uh, like VoiceFlow, um, Cognigy, a bunch of courses that we have lined up that are you know in development, like QBox, and it's going to be incredibly exciting to to be a, to be able to finally share that with the world. We also have an apprentice course that's currently being edited. Um, that we'll share with the world. Um, so those are, are really like the, the announcements from CDI. And then after the break, and I think this is the part that I'm, I'm most proud of, that, you know, we have an ethics track where Kemi uh, Rincon from the Alan Turing Institute, Lisa Talia Moretti from Goldsmith University, Phil Harvey, who's a data philosopher from Microsoft, um, they're going to be talking about AI and ethics, Right. So how do you make sure that your assistant is inclusive? How do you make sure that you have a diverse team? What are some of the things that you need to consider? Now, Lisa is a digital sociologist, so her story is incredibly interesting there as well. Then we have John Stein of Open Voice Network that we've partnered with. Uh, so he's going to tell a little bit about the mission of Open Voice Network and the relationship to CDI. Um, and then we go into... You know, the design tools. So we have VoiceFlow, Bot Society, BotMock sharing their stories. Um, and then we have a personality panel where we have uh, Jasper Klimby, who's at CDI now, but used to be at Google. Mark Butras, who's a 
at CDI as well. He's an Emmy-nominated screenwriter and has a background at the Google Assistant as well. Cynthia Marcucci, very experienced personality writer. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's a 40-minute panel to talk about persona and personality content. Then we have you know, Greg Bennett of Salesforce, Matt from Amelia, Jason from Intuition Robotics, Michelle from Haptic. So we have a lot of tech companies involved, and it's going to be incredibly exciting. Probably have the CTO of Artificial Solutions that's going to talk about multilingual versus master local deployments. Uh, we have Chatlayer and Cognigy. We have Dexter of Deloitte. There's a lot of people. And at the end, we're going to have the hour of power where we have many of our graduates just really telling us what they're working on. And it's exciting to see that people are working on empathy in the workplace, inclusion in the workplace. Some people are developing their own design tools now. Um, Greenhouse is going to talk about developing voice experiences for children. Um, so there's lots of like little showcases there of what conversation design is and and how it's valuable in so many different places because uh, people think voice or chatbots but you know there's wearables there's cars there's robots there's in-app uh, there's the ivr everything's possible and then at the end we're going to have a big award show where we're going to be recognizing the best and brightest in conversation design so we'll be looking at you know fundamentals like who, uh, who, who's, you know, who's doing the best in, in writing the proper human-centric fundamentals, like acknowledgments, confirmations, and prompts? We're going to look at the best persona and personality content. We're going to be looking at the best mission-critical journey and which assistant is best designed for behavior. So, you know, who's really applying behavior design principles to get people to where you want them to go? and increase motivation. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so people attending, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to be inspired. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to make new and relevant friends. And you're going to learn a lot about what CDI is going to be releasing in the next year. Wow, that sounds absolutely amazing, Hans. I mean, hats off to you for, for putting all that together. Sounds an incredible lineup. Uh, I'm particularly excited about the, the grads talking about their projects as well, because I'm always keen to know what people are actually working on. Uh, the voice flow course, I think that's going to be massive. There are going to be so many people interest, interested in that. Uh, and of course, the, the AI and ethics panel, I think that's, that's going to be super interesting as well. It's a subject that a lot of people are talking about at the moment. So yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. I, I can't wait for it, in fact. What's the thing that you're most looking forward to at the festival? Well, you, you just heard me kind of go through the whole list, right? So what I, you know, who am I most excited about? And I think it is the ethics track. I think initially I'm excited about, you know, I reached out to a whole bunch of people. And I was like, do you want to be part of it? And everybody's busy. Everybody, you know, has these crazy jobs. And everybody said, yes. Everybody's like, yes, yeah, sign me up. What do you want me to do? You want me to be on a panel? Can I do a keynote? Uh, so first of all, I'm incredibly thankful for everybody that's participating here and, and also for the people that are signing up and that, that are visiting the event. But I think it, it is the ethics track that we got such incredible people to sort of show that it's not just, <clears throat> that's very tempting to sort of lean towards technology and talk about technology. Uh, and it's good that we're talking about design, you know, and I, I really like that we're celebrating that. But then now at adding the ethics track and make, you know, creating more awareness around that. Uh, that's something that I'm excited about uh, and I want other people to be excited about. So it's really the, the narrative that we try to change a little bit and create awareness around these things uh, that I hope a lot of people will enjoy as well. Indeed they will. And uh, I do really like the fact that you're focusing on the, the enterprises who are doing a great job uh, and hearing about the case studies as opposed to getting uh, just a lot of vendors to, to pitch their products. I think that's really important because people are, I think, a little bit tired of that on, on these online conferences. Uh, and uh, I think I love the fact that you guys are taking a different approach very deliberately as well. Um, I should say to, to the listeners that we do have an offer. If you're interested in attending the Conversation Design Festival, uh, you can go to voicetechpodcast.com slash festival, uh, and that will actually apply a $50, $50 discount to your tickets. Uh, you can use the code VoiceTech100, uh, but that's automatically applied with the link VoiceTech, 
podcast.com slash festival uh, to get a $50 discount. So I encourage you to, to use that link. Uh, sign up now for a ticket while there are still tickets left uh, and attend the festival because this is really something special. I have to say of all the conversation design uh, and conversation events that I've seen uh, this year, this one really, uh, really does stand out. Hans, uh, I, I heard you're also having a conversation design awards and graduation party hosted by Hans and the Botman. Uh, I know what you guys get up to. I've seen, uh, I've seen you on YouTube. Have you got anything crazy planned for this time around? Yeah, we're going to raise the roof. Uh, it's going to be crazy. The graduation party. Yeah, so we figured if we're doing a festival and we are, you know, the training institute, so we have all these graduates. And how do you, if you're an online school, how do you create, you know, a graduation event? So we, we figured we need a graduation party. You know, if we're going to do it virtually. Like we initially, we had initially planned a real conference here in Amsterdam. And before COVID, we were, we were very close to signing the venue, which was very expensive. Uh, and then COVID hit. Uh, so we saved a lot of money there. Was, we were like three days away from, from giving them our signature. Uh, so we were going to do a big party. Now we're going to do that virtually. So what does that look like? Well, we'll probably have you know a virtual room where we have a DJ playing, and and we're good friends here with Amp Amsterdam, the Sonic branding company that knows a lot of musicians and knows a lot of knows a lot of DJs. Uh, Amsterdam is obviously a music capital in the dance world, so we're gonna have we're gonna have some fun there. We're gonna play some music, and I don't know what it's gonna look like, but we'll try to make we'll try to really have fun there. Uh, and make sure that everybody feels celebrated and is proud to have graduated from Conversation Design Institute. And um, before that, we, we have Hans and the Botman celebrating uh, and really uh, doing the award show. So that's going to be fun. Jason and I have been creating lots of content together. Uh, we enjoy creating these videos. So we'll have this big award show where we recognize people. And after that award show, We'll, we'll start with the, with the graduation party. So, yeah, it's going to be good fun. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I can't wait. Um, you just mentioned, uh, of course, Hands in the Botman series. Uh, you are a prolific podcaster, uh, also the host of Conversations with Hands. You've got a couple of publications uh, uh, out there. Um, why did you just decide to start podcasting? Like, What's been the, what's been the result for, for yourself and for the Conversations Line Institute? I've always been a big fan of podcasting. And years ago... I wanted to start a podcast already, probably before you started it. It was with a, it was with a friend who uh, who's now actually doing some work for us. So I was very interested, and I bought a microphone, and, and we never really got it off the ground because we weren't really sure what to talk about yet, I guess. Uh, but now doing these things, like I've obviously been a guest on many podcasts, and I very much enjoyed it. Um, it was just it's such a great platform where you can have you know real conversations with people and really take your time to discuss topics and it's always fun you you create like a little list of what you want to chat about but you know you never really know where the conversation ends up and i think that's what's great about podcasting so i've recorded a few episodes myself already so conversations with hans and we have a lot of them that are being edited now and we'll be very active with that one uh, so people can follow that uh, and then there's the hans and the botman which is just it's so much fun to do. I initially wanted to just interview Jason because, you know, he's won a bunch of webbies. He's this great personality writer, filmmaker. He's just, you know, a very interesting character. And he was like, no, we got to do something else. Why don't we just do a series called Hans and the Botman? And it's like, all right, let, let's let's do it and see where, where it takes us. And we just had so much fun and it was great and people responding to it. I think everybody in the world kind of knows about Hans and the Botman, even though we just posted on LinkedIn. Uh, so we have a lot of fun creating that. Uh, um, we really try to push ourselves a little bit with the editing and uh, create good content. And, uh, and Jason and I have been become great friends over this. Uh, I guess we've been doing it for over a year now. Um, so yeah, it, it's wonderful to work on. And what we see now, it just helps with, with brand recognition uh, so it's bringing in, you know, clients, it's bringing in brand equity. And at the end of the day, we're, we hope to just give people, you know, a nice five minutes or 10 minutes in those little videos, uh, and put a smile on their face. I think what a lot of people appreciate about Hans and the Botman is that, you know, it's such a serious space where, you know, there's all these technology companies, it's all about AI. It's all very serious. Uh, but now you got two people that actually 
know what they're doing in this space and are kind of leading in a lot of design work, having fun and, and creating, you know, a very easy entrance for people and making it very easy for people to ask questions that you know, they might feel a little silly about. Because, uh, you know, if, 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 you, if you wear a suit and seem very serious, then people are maybe afraid to ask these questions, but we, you know, it makes it very accessible and people reach out because of it. Uh, so it's a great way to be part of the community and, and sort of share what we're working on. So yeah, I think all in all, it's it's really good. And I would recommend everybody to to do a podcast. Um, not even if you have, you know, a product to sell. I think it's just a good exercise to learn how to have these conversations with people. If you if you, you know, look at long form content, long form podcast, and I think it's very good to just force yourself to you know develop arguments and articulate them properly because it just sharpens your thinking as well and it makes you more comfortable when you have conversations so yeah even if it's just for fun and giggles it's great to just record podcasts and it's going to make you probably a better person in, in sales or marketing whatever you're doing whenever you're interfacing with a client if you're comfortable going on air telling your story it also helps where you know the day-to-day so that it's been really good for us and i would recommend everybody starting a similar initiative i second that i have to say i've, I've had the same experience from a, a personal development point of view as well it definitely makes you a more confident speaker definitely sharpens your mind in order to makes you a better listener actually as well so you, you have to really listen to what the person says in order to be able to respond intelligently so it definitely helps uh, on that level uh, it's interesting what you said about the, the accessibility because it does it obviously helps with brand recognition because you've got the you know the mind share you people are hearing you on a regular basis so they don't forget about you but it also makes your brand and you personally more accessible i think because people are familiar with you uh, and they know a bit about you they hear you on a regular basis and the fact that you guys are not taking yourselves too seriously as well you you break down these barriers uh, and people are more likely to approach you as opposed to a competitor or, or somebody else uh, and uh, I think that's one of the, the big benefits of, of podcasting as well. It's very uh, personable. It gets, uh, it gets the, your, you know, your voice across and people hear that. They relate to you. Uh, and that opens doors. It opens doors uh, for your business and for you personally as well. So I completely agree. Everyone should do it whether they've got something to sell or not. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic exercise. So for the people who've uh, stuck with us uh, this long, let's dive into some of the more technical details around conversation design, uh, specifically the conversational AI maturity model. That's not a, not a term that I, I've come across before, I have to say. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about that? What is that? What, what does it mean? How do you use it? Sure. It's something um, I'm still working on to figure this out, but it's kind of, there's so many, we always look at like what's success in conversational AI and we look at maturity models and there's so many different ways of looking at it. I, you know, we have, we have a workflow. We know if you apply this, you're going to be successful. And then we have these enterprises that, you know, have studied it. They want to implement it, but somehow they're not successful yet. So what's the reason for that? Why doesn't it work? What's going on here? But also we get this question a lot. We have a lot of this advanced personality stuff or advanced behavior design principles that you can apply in conversational AI. And then companies ask, well, why would I want to do that from the start? Because I'm just building, you know, a, a prototype or I'm just building an MVP. Do I really need to get that advanced? Do I really need 10 designers working on this? And they're all very valid questions. So I started thinking, I like, why, you know, when do you really need to step up your design game? Realize that the more conversations you have, the better they should be, probably. It's a very simple way of looking at it, right? So if, you, if you're developing a simple prototype and you want to get it to work, now, it doesn't, the experience doesn't have to be great, right? But, you know, if you start, you know, getting more traffic, then over time you want the experience to be better, right? So if you can draw this very ser- simple diagram where on the vertical axis it says number of conversations, on the horizontal it says experience, uh, and then you just draw a diagonal going to the top right, and every company eventually you want to be top right, the simple business philosophy. Whenever you draw draw a quadrant, you want to be in the top right corner right there. So you want to increase your number of conversations, but you know you also want to increase the experience over time. And there's you know quite a few drivers of you know increasing the number of conversations. You could say you know I'm going to add more deployments. I'm going to add more use cases. I'm going to have more technical ability. 
so that I can have more and longer and more important conversations. So there's all these drivers that increase the number of conversations. And then if you look at the number, you know, the drivers of the experience, you could say, well, you always want to have fundamentals. And then at a certain point, you start investing a bit more in personality. And then you start applying behavior design at a certain point. That's when you start thinking about sonic branding and voice selection. So there's also these different drivers of the experience as you go from a functional uh, assistant to a delightful experience, right? So there's all these different lines of, of development that are in play here when you talk about conversational AI, but it also becomes very messy, very quickly, right? So if you want to have more technical ability, then all of a sudden you're, you're bumping into stakeholders in the organization, you need to get budget. So there's so many things in play. So I started thinking about that, like, how does that work? Why is that so complicated? Can we create a model that sort of shows us, you know, how this works? Because a lot of times there's conflict. Right, so a designer will think A, and the developer will think B, and then there's a manager that thinks C, and then you have these opposing views in our organization that are really killing the development of the AI assistant and that road to maturity. So I was thinking, what if they're not all? You know, what if there's not one right, but what if they're all right? Maybe everybody that has that opinion has, you know, has part of the truth. So perhaps we can create a model and integrate all these different perspectives. Uh, and that's really where the integral perspective on conversational AI comes in. Because if you look at it, you know, you could say that there's an interior world and an exterior world. And they have individuals and the collective. Right? So the individual, the interior world, these are your thoughts and, and your beliefs and your emotions. And then there's the exterior world. This is how you behave. Right? Uh, your skill set and how you execute on that. And then if you look at that from the collective, there's, you know, the interior world, that's that's culture, that's history, that's mindset. Uh, and then the exterior world is, is your systems, your technology and how you're organized and all of those things. So if you now look at all these different perspectives, you can actually plot them in these different quadrants. And, and it's quite interesting because what this allows us to do is actually create a model for uh, the maturity of an AI assistant. Uh, so one way to look at it is if you have an MVP, you know, you need a few people that are individually curious, that are ambitious, that are excited to learn something new. You just need a few. And you need to get, you know, they need to learn some basic skills to develop maybe just the fundamentals of conversation design. And they need a culture uh, in which they can fail, in which they're supported and, and feel safe and secure. And they need some you know, preliminary technology that just allows them to build an MVP, right? So as you sort of paint that picture of, of what that operation looks like, you can see that there's different things happening in each quadrants that make up an AI system. So what we're working on is a model that really allows us to identify that if you have, for example, uh, a chatbot in customer service and an IVR and you're driving this many conversations a month, then this is what you need. Like this is what your team needs to look like. This is the skill set that you need. This is the mentality that you need. This is the culture that you need. And this is the technology. And all of those things come together. And what we're doing really in that conversational AI, uh, that integral perspective on it is really bringing that all together in one big maturity model that allows us to now much better audit an enterprise and what they're doing. It allows us to certify designers much better. Uh, so it's one thing that's in development that I'm incredibly excited about. It's one of the things that I'll I'll talk about uh, during my keynote at the festival as well. That's incredibly interesting, Hans. Uh, I didn't realize it was it was you guys at CDI that actually developing this this model. I think it's uh, very very much needed, especially how you say you paint the picture of what the team, the culture, and the tech needs to look like for a particular use case in a certain type of organization. This is exactly what people are, are crying out for. Um, I, I thought it was good that you broke down the the two main metrics that people measure, which is the you know, the number of conversation and the experience within that conversation. That's a great way to think about it. And, you know, I think it also applies to, to audio content in general, any kind of content, perhaps, you know, I could apply that equally to, to creating a podcast for, for audio branding, for example, but um, certainly for, for, 
for chatbots and conversational interfaces. So it's very, very important to, to be able to increase the, the number of conversations, the number of use cases, uh, so that the, the enterprise feels like they're getting value from it. Um, certainly in a customer customer service context, uh, but also to make sure that the customers are actually enjoying those because we want to avoid the, the dreaded uh, IVR experience as much as possible. Um, I was desperate to ask you where we can access this conversational AI maturity model, uh, but as you say, it's, it's still in development, uh, but you will be giving more uh, details at the festival. If you guys uh, are interested, like I said before, sign up at voicetechpodcast.com slash festival uh, where you can get more information on that. Before we wrap up, I do want to ask you a little bit more about the courses that you've got available and also dig into uh, the, the conversation design uh, foundation that you've got um, established there. Um, in terms of the courses, could you tell us what's available uh, and uh, and what new ones you have planned? I know you mentioned you've got the, the voice flow course coming out soon and the, the apprenticeship, um, but could you give us a, an overview of the, the, the full range, including the new ones that are coming out? Sure, yeah, we're always looking to, to build that portfolio that library of courses and so in the core we we have our conversation design course you know the core cdi workflow that we train and certify people on then we have the course on ai training that we talked about earlier so you know turning data into understanding the conversation designer turning knowledge into conversational flow conversational copywriting turning words into resonating dialogue and this is really the the core uh, of the cdi courses but now we have, you know, a Bot Society course, Raza courses, um, Qbox course that's, that's going live soon. We, we have the Apprentice course coming up, uh, which is just a very easy thing for, for people to, familiar, to familiarize themselves with conversational AI. So it takes them from really the basics of what is AI, what's conversational AI, what are conversational interfaces, uh, what are some of the strategy things that need to be thinking about. And then, you know, it sort of leads into the basics of conversation design. Then soon we're releasing an AI ethics course with the Alan Turing Institute. Uh, Cognigy is, is developing courses. Uh, Alan App uh, is, is a great company that's developing courses that we're going to be hosting soon. Um, so what we really do is we, we've developed these technology agnostic courses, you know, the, the core of CDI. And now we're partnering with technology companies to make sure that we explain to our community and their customers how they can leverage the technology. Uh, and, we're, and we're partnering with research institutes and just experts in the field um, to sort of work on, on that side of it. So that's where linguists, uh, working with linguists, with, with uh, Alan Turing Institute and those types of organizations to develop that types of content. So. This is really a growing library, and, and we're really excited to about the releases, and a lot of that will be announced at the festival, like we said earlier. Well, there's certainly something for, for every type of conversation designer out there now, whether they're a freelancer or somebody working in a big organization, uh, whether you want to do a, a more general course or you really want to specialize in a, in a particular type of technology as well. There's a, there's a huge range to, to choose from. It sounds like it's growing by the day. Um, uh, voice techies, voice tech podcast listeners uh, can benefit from a, a discount of 25% across all of those courses, any course, all of the ones out now, and I assume all of the new ones as well. The code works on, on every course that I've tried it on so far. Uh, the code is voicetech25, uh, or you can just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash CDI, uh, and the code is applied automatically at the final stage of checkout. So you just go all the way through, and the discount's applied right at the end. Um, that's voicetechpodcast.com slash CDI for a 25% discount on any one of those courses. What type of companies and roles do your graduates typically work in? And uh, and what's the what's the career benefit of doing a, a structure, structured course um, from the CDI. So a lot of people that follow our courses end up working as, you know, a conversation designer, an AI trainer, or a conversational copywriter. And what we're trying to do is really get more and more organizations to recognize these certificates. And I think that's key here. So Open Voice Network is recognizing our certification program. We have a bunch of universities involved. And obviously our enterprise customers that are just saying, we only hire people with a CDI certificate. Uh, and that's where really where the value comes in. So initially, the industry is very fragmented. So there are lots of people working in this field, uh, but they all had different job titles and different perspectives and different approaches. And so it was very difficult for them to promote themselves and build a portfolio and pitch themselves to enterprises. Well, at the same time, these enterprises were looking to hire, but they didn't really know what kind of job titles to look for 
when they would onboard new team members, that it would take months because they had completely different workflows. Uh, so that was an issue. Universities don't really know, you know, what the jobs of the future are, what skill set to develop with their students. And technology companies don't really know who's going to be using their technology. So it's incredibly fragmented. So what we've been doing is drafting a manifesto to with our partners to create alignment in the industry. And through that alignment, we're now developing these standards. Um, so what we teach and certify on is based on these standards. Uh, so all those organizations that you know we've talked about today are supporting these standards. So if you look at Open Voice Network, um, which has great sponsors and partners, they're recognizing these certificates. And whenever they develop new technological standards, because that's what they're focused on, we're going to be the ones developing the courses around that so that we can certify people on. So that's our mission to get more and more people involved with this and supporting this initiative. So if you are, if you follow these courses and you are certified by CDI, lots of enterprises will just recognize that as the certificate that they like to hire because uh, it's proven itself around the world in all different verticals. So we have, you know, governments, banks, telcos, insurance companies, sports brands, retailers, they're all working with that CDI workflow. So if you master that and you are and you have a certificate that proves that you've mastered that, uh, it's just going to be much easier for you to get hired in this competing job market. Uh, and that's really the, the, the benefit of following this structured course that you're not just going to learn about conversation design and how to create something cool. No, you're going to learn how to work in a team that can operate at scale because, uh, you know, that's what enterprises struggle with. It's like, how do you go from two designers to 20? Well, then they need a very structured workflow that can scale. And that's what you're going to learn. And that's why there's so much support for these certificates and courses. Well, it's one of the many benefits of standardization is the, the recognition that comes with it. And it comes with the certification of having learned those standards. Uh, it will help you in your career. Um, I actually had uh, John Stein of the OVN on the show. Uh, fantastic guest. Really, uh, really impressive project. I have to say as, uh, it's amazing what those guys are doing over there and much needed in the industry as well. So it's brilliant to hear that you guys are working together to ensure your courses are actually not only defining the standards, but actually working with, with companies like that in order to, to make sure they're accepted uh, across the industry. Of all the students that you've, you've seen go through the courses that have graduated, um, have you noticed some patterns? I mean, what, what do people who have successful conversation design careers have in common? Uh, do you have any, any tips, any takeaways, any advice for people embarking uh, on a career in this field? That's a, that's a very interesting question there. So what do they have in common? Because we always say people that enter the world of conversation design, they all have these different backgrounds, right? Some of them come from customer service, others come from content management, they're copywriters, they're screenwriters. There's so many, the linguists, obviously, there's so many different backgrounds that people can have when they, you know, when entering the field. But what do the people that have, that are successful, what do they have in common? There's like two things. I think there's the confidence of, of knowing that you know what you're doing. You know, that you have that track record and you have the support of a community that, that you know what you're doing. At the same time, you need to be very humble and curious as well. Right? So you want to, every organization is just a little different. Uh, so when you show up for work, you just need to learn about what they're doing uh, and how they're seeing the world and what they're trying to achieve. Um, and then you can apply these skills in a very confident way. And I think that's what make, that's what's making a lot of people successful. And that's why, so our workflow is, you know, technology agnostic, but it's also interface agnostic. It doesn't matter. You can apply it on a voice assistant, a chatbot or a wearable or in a car or a robot. These principles work. So what you need to do is when you enter an organization, really study what they're doing and what they're trying to achieve and then just, you know, apply these principles to the best of your ability. And I think a lot of people, that is what makes them successful. So you can't just walk into an organization and say, this is how we're going to do things. Because we talk about, you know, a chatbot, but there's a million ways you can sort of develop a chatbot like what are you trying to achieve do you want to create engagement do you want a lower cost in the service center are you using it for lead generation do you have legacy systems that you know you're still running on or is it does this project come from the innovation team 
different companies have different motivations and and a lot of times you know it's not perfect yet and don't come in judging that they know it's not perfect yet uh but you're there to help and if there's you know if it's a mess in organization what sometimes happens there is a reason for that and you should assume that everybody that was involved with the project was involved with the best intentions and they did the best they could uh so you need to respect that and understand you know the context that you're operating in and then just apply these principles to the best of your ability. And I think a lot of people that are successful understand that. Um, they understand how to navigate that field rather than saying, hey, I have this skill set, so I'm the best in the world, uh, and I'll, I'll show you and I'll tell you how to do things. I think that's, that's what people that are doing a good job uh, have in common. And also, if you just want to boost your career, you know, start giving talks. Start being part of panel discussions, write a lot about it, uh, build a portfolio and share it with the world. Uh, but also ask questions, like don't pretend to be the number one experts, just engage in the community and every day there's something new to learn. And I think if you have that combination of the two things, you're going to do very well. That's some sage advice. And uh, I think advice that anyone who's just entering a new organization can can take not just conversation designers is don't go in uh, all guns blazing but actually take the time to learn ask questions be be humble and, and curious uh with conversation design especially i think the technology is quite new uh relatively new to, to some to some other tech that exists and so it will be met with some level of skepticism certainly in bigger organizations where perhaps uh, some of the employees are more conservative and are worried about the, the impact that this new tech will have on on them or the the company and so you do need to to tread carefully uh, and uh, and you know make uh, uh, and make good relations with the people who've who've already been there and, and gone and gone before you as well. So I think that's uh, very very wise and important that you shared that. You mentioned this briefly before the the Conversation Design Institute Foundation. Uh, could you tell us what that is? How is it different from the the Conversation Design Institute, the the, the courses and the, the workshops, the training that you have going on, uh, and what projects and partnerships do you have lined up? So the CDI Foundation is really centered around that manifesto that we talked about earlier. So we initially said we need to, you know, develop courses, create more conversation designers for the world. But now we realized it was much bigger than just us, right? We had these different stakeholders, you know, the enterprises, the technology companies, the universities, uh, and the people actually doing the work. Uh, and we felt like we needed an initiative that was greater than just us as a business. So we started that foundation. So. The foundation has drafted that manifesto together with all the supporting partners. Uh, and what it does now is, is organizing the conference. So the conference, the festival is organized by the foundation. Uh, and in a foundation, we're just creating the standards for conversation design together with the industry stakeholders. And ultimately, that's going to increase liquidity in the market for conversation design. Uh, so one of the first things we'll be doing is, is obviously organizing the festival, but we're also gonna be open sourcing job descriptions to make it easier for companies to hire. Uh, we're gonna do some research projects. The first one is on you know inclusive AI models. Uh, and we have an advisory board there. And that advisory board just makes sure that, you know, whatever we say in that foundation is supported by all the stakeholders. So the manifesto is a living document. It will be updated if there's a new technology, if there's a new interface, if there's a new job or skill set that is required, the foundation will explore that and, and seek to develop a standard for it. Uh, so that's really the, the core of the foundation. And then CDI as a company will continue to develop courses and certificates for those standards. And that's how they relate to each other. Right, I see. So the foundation includes all the partner organizations that you're working with to define the standards, to launch the festival, uh, and putting out all these amazing resources that you uh, you just referred to as well. So yeah, it makes sense and uh, very exciting. Hans, I think that's all we've got time for. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Again, uh, I very much hope that you'll come back uh, in the not too distant future to tell us uh, more about Conversation Designer and what's going on at the foundation. Uh, best of luck with the Conversation Design Festival. I look forward to seeing you there. Really excited about that. And uh, yeah, thanks once again and good luck with everything. Yeah, it was great, Carl. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm very excited about the festival. I'm also excited for you to be there because you'll have a booth and people can come to the rumble booth and actually uh you know share their story and share their opinions and their their vision on conversation design and i'm going to be editing that into podcasts so i'm really excited about doing that with you so thank you so much for 
having me and uh, we'll talk soon we will indeed if you'd like to give rumble studio a try at the conversation design festival uh, you can uh, come to our booth uh, and give it a whirl and record some audio content for hans to put out on his uh, on his audio channel so i'm really excited about that that little project we've got going there uh for that you're going to need a ticket uh, and to get a ticket, you just need to go to voicetechpodcast.com slash festival, uh, and you're going to get $50 off with that link as well. So go and, uh, go and grab a ticket. Uh, if you're interested, again, in signing up for any of the, the courses offered by uh, CDI, you can go to voicetechpodcast.com slash CDI, and you get 25% off any course that they offer. So it's uh, some fast, fantastic offers uh, for you there. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and I uh, look forward to seeing you next time. That's all for today. Very much hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, as always, you can find all the show notes with links to the resources mentioned in this episode at voicetechpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, there's many ways to support me and the show. Uh, you can tell one friend or colleague about this episode. Uh, you can always leave a quick review on iTunes at voicetechpodcast.com slash iTunes. Or you can write for the blog at voicetechpodcast.com slash publish. Finally, you can become a sponsor at voicetechpodcast.com slash donate. And know that your contribution really does make the show possible. I'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, I've been your host, Carl Robinson. Thank you for listening to the Voice Tech Podcast.